You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hello and welcome to another episode of 20 Questions with JCN. Today my guest is Shannon Cooper. You might know her as My Food Religion from Instagram. I've known Shan for quite a while now. We met through Insta many years ago, back when Insta was in its infancy. And look, she is a legend and I'm not even going to spend a lot of time doing this intro. I just want you to dive in and get to know Shan. She's got so much passion and I know you will enjoy this 20 questions episode. Enjoy. Hey Shan, thanks for joining me today for 20 questions. Thanks for having me. Bit excited for our chat today. I feel like you're going to have like (laughs) all of the answers that just leave me in stitches, no pressure. (laughs) Oh my God, keep your expectations low. (laughs) So um, for anyone new to 20 questions, it's all about asking some of my favorite peeps the same 20 questions that revolve around food and well-being and just lifestyle. And the idea is just getting to know them through these questions. And then the more you listen, of course, to the different 20 questions episodes, it's really fascinating to see um, how people respond and and what it tells you about people just by these more obscure questions that we have on the list. Not crazy obscure, but definitely not your everyday, right? <laughs> oh God, let's see how obscure we're going to get. It's like, oh God, what are you going to throw at me? So we're going to dive oh, in. Okay. Our first section is all about influences, passions, and goals. So the very first question, Shan, is what did you want to be when you grew up? When you're a little tacker, what was your ambition? I wanted to be a vet, actually. I um, I was a vet nurse when I was um, in high school and then actually all through uni when I was studying animal science at uni. Hmm. So, yeah, I wanted to be a vet. And then once I started, probably not once I started working in the vet clinic, but Probably after working at a vet clinic for about five years, I definitely decided I didn't want to be a vet. Um, Mm -hmm. But I loved animal health, so I stayed in that industry for probably another over 10 years once I finished uni. Yeah, right. So it was something that from a young age you were actually really into, but you followed through and studied and actually, yeah, went into the industry. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's it's, again, just like that as a first question is really interesting because just you can imagine – the different answers that people have, but it's rare that people have something I would say that they know from a young age that they tend to follow through. Yeah, I yeah. always wanted to be a vet, always, always, always. And then the more I worked with vets, the more I was like, oh, I absolutely do not want to do that job. <laughs> Mainly because every time we'd have to put an animal down, I would be oh, sobbing man. on the floor with these poor owners and people are like, you need to get out, you're unhelpful. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask what was it about it? Was it, yeah, I can imagine it be pretty traumatic. Yeah, I think it was that. Um, really shit hours, shit pay. Um, just... 
lots of things actually lots of things that I was <laughs> lots of shit like, things <laughs> lots of shit things yeah and I mean I I love I know so many amazing vets but I also just think it's a job you do as a labor of love yeah more than anything else yeah yeah so <laughs> number two and I know this is a big question but what are you passionate about Ooh, um Lots of things, but probably the main thing that I'm passionate about in terms of what I do now for my job um, would be food. Like I'm mm-hmm. really, really passionate about food and eating well and helping people to learn how to eat well without making it really difficult and trying to make that really accessible. I'm really passionate about feeding kids well um, mm-hmm. and trying to make that really easy and accessible for people and helping them to realise that it doesn't have to be that hard. And I know that with kids it can be really fucking hard mm. because kids are tiny terrorists <laughs> and they can make life really, really hard sometimes. But, you know, I think there's lots of things that we can do to make that less difficult. So yeah. that's probably the, the one big thing that I'm passionate about. I'm definitely passionate about lots of different things, yeah. but that's the one thing that's kind of my life passion at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I love how you show that too th- with what you do, particularly on your socials in regards to obviously your passion with food, but just how you see that you've really taught G so much about food as well. And yeah. just like her, I, I think just what I see with her too is just her palate as far as how yeah. it's developed and the food that she's obviously um, known from a young age and obviously just how you're really encouraged well I'm obviously don't want to put words in your mouth but I see you encouraging her to try different things and um I guess I say different in inverted commas too because it's like we have such a stereotypical Australian concept of what we think kids eat and it's like when you step outside the box of that it can be like oh that's so weird and different it's like well not really it's just eating whole food and it's actually great if kids do eat in this way oh and you know what's even weirder is that people feed their kids food out of a pouch that's older than their kid that's weird (laughs) like that's actually really fucking weird (laughs) why did we not think about that the food in that pouch is probably older than your baby i don't understand that's not okay why can't you just give them some apple like it's just it blows my mind. I think people make it so much harder for themselves than it needs to be. But I also just think people are marketed to really well and people yeah. are doing the best they can with the information they've got. But I honestly believe that when you know better, you can do better. So yeah. the more we can just help people see that it doesn't have to be a master chef gourmet meal every night. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, steak and vegetables on a plate, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Like that's better than fine. It's amazing. Yeah. And that's okay. Like it really doesn't have to be perfect and, and never let perfect get in the way of good. You mm-hmm. know, there's so many good options and good choices we can make that might not be perfect every single time, mm-hmm. but do the best with what you can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like when you're eating out or you've got, you're out with the kids somewhere and they're hungry and they're losing their fucking mind mm-hmm. and you know that they just need food. So you might not be able to make the perfect choice that you want to make to feed them. But you know what? If it's a chicken and salad wrap and that's not something that they would normally have because you might normally cook them a meal from scratch, Mm. that's fine. Like Mm. that's totally fine. Or 
grab them some sushi or, you know, whatever it is. Like it doesn't always have to be perfect, mm-hmm. but good good is better than just have a McHappy meal. Yeah, so true. There's kind of yeah. going on a tangent even on the second question, <laughs> but I feel like it's I see it with kids and I see it with adults, but there's such this like obvious these opposite ends of the spectrum like there's this like lack of education um I guess families that aren't even sure of like the basics of nutrition you know there's there's that end but then there's the other spectrum of what I think you're alluding to there where people get really wrapped up in like the wellness industry and and having to feed their kids like the best of the best and, you know, that whether everything has to be organic or whatever it is and there's like so much stress around that. Yeah. It's just like trying to find that, yeah, that place in between where it's like have have the education, like know, know the basics but also not creating like a ridiculous amount of pressure on yourself. Absolutely. And yeah, I think it, people get so stuck in the minutia of the the tiny details of things where sometimes good enough is just good enough. Yeah. And if, if it is avoiding a complete mental breakdown on your behalf <laughs> and the kids, just seriously get them the fucking croissant and move on. Like <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I honestly, I just think that, you know, a lot of the time we do let perfect get in the way of good. And there's definitely yeah. been times where I have absolutely gotten stuck in that trap of just feeling like I put so much pressure on myself mm. to have the perfect options all the time. And I just couldn't stray from that. And I got to a point where I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? Settle down. You're being a mental person. And <laughs> she eats, she's such an adventurous eater. Like she's the sort of kid who will try anything and Mm -hmm. she'll try anything a couple of times like she loves oysters which is so weird like raw oysters I regret sharing that with her because now I'm like I don't like sharing oysters (laughs) but there's stuff like that that is they're weird foods Mm -hmm. but she will always try them and the first time she tried them she was like oh no I was like excellent that's good (laughs) and then she tried them again and she was like no I really like those I was like it's annoying um but she will try lots of things which I think is really Mm. great like it's awesome that she'll have the adventurous, you know, that adventurous palette to give things a crack. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's definitely things that she's like, I don't like that. Like she'll say, I don't like zucchini. I'm like, that's cool, mate. I hated zucchini when I was little. But she'll quite happily chop up zucchini with me and put it into her smoothie and she's fine with that. Like mm. she just doesn't like the taste of it. I just don't want to eat zucchini. Yeah. But if you put it in stuff and I can't taste it, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, having mm. just, she's got it. yeah, it's that, again, it's that palette like encouraging kids mm. to try things too, not just being like, yeah. no, don't like it, don't like it. So it's like, well, yeah. give it a go and uh, maybe try it again in a few months yeah. because you'll probably love it then when you hate it now, which is an anomaly with kids, I swear. Oh, absolutely. Like there's weeks where G would seriously eat like a man-sized piece of salmon every night if you give it to her the next week. I don't like salmon. <laughs> what? Are you joking? I don't like it. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Okay, mate. No worries. Cut <laughs> out. So number three, who is someone who has had a defining impact on your life? I would have to say Grace, I think. Um, G has taught me so much about myself. Um, you know, definitely things like that 
getting stuck in that perfectionism around so many things. I am a Virgo, so I like things to be just so. I like structure. I like to be planned. I don't. I don't like surprises. I fucking hate surprises. <laughs> um, but she has definitely taught me to just go with the flow a little bit more, to be in the moment with things a lot more, and also just realize I think that. With kids, you just can't predict every moment. You just have to be okay with sometimes not knowing what is going to happen next. Um, she's definitely taught me patience, which is <laughs> something that was not one of my strong suits. Um, so yeah, look, I think I think G is constantly just constantly teaching me things. She's, I mean, it helps that I actually think that she in a past life was a ninety-year-old woman called Beryl. Um, <laughs> She's such an old soul and says the funniest shit. Um, but, yeah, we often call her Beryl because she's like a little old woman pottering around just dropping these pearls of wisdom on us. Um, yeah, so G. G yeah. is my person. That's so awesome. And like you said, you'll just, I imagine, continue, continue to be uh, inspired Old and to learn things. Her. And, yes, <laughs> that too. Yep. Number four, what is something that you're really good at that most people wouldn't know about you? Look, I don't know whether I'm really good at it, but I'm I'm pretty handy in a pair of boxing gloves. Oh. Um, I'm I'm certainly not going to win any golden gloves, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty good at boxing. Nice. I'd love to get into boxing. We used to do a bit of kickboxing ages ago, but um. I, yeah, I've been thinking about it boxing recently, but mm. I once I had a physio after I broke my wrist a few years ago say to me, if you're going to box, make sure you come back and let me know first before you just strap on the old gloves and get in there. Yes, and learn how to strap your hands properly as well. Yeah. 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 Hmm. And then conversely, what's something that you have never been able to do well? Um, water ski. I mean, I only tried it once and I wasn't good at it, so then I didn't do it again. <laughs> Virgo. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I think I've tried it once too and fell over and I was just like, screw this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, nah, fuck this, not doing this. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> too hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we're going to move on to food questions. Number six is a uh-huh. is a bit of a biggie. How has food shaped your life? Well, I mean, it's it's defined who I am now as a person, I think, and created what I'm so passionate about, which has now become like I'm lucky enough to be able to call that something that is my career and livelihood, which I really enjoy. But I just remember from such a young age, I've got quite a big family, so i I've got a family of seven, but my mum's one of 11 kids and my dad's one of nine. And so food has always just been such a big part of our life. Like we always ate dinner together as a family. So we always just come together over food and we still do that now. Like anytime there's something to celebrate or commiserate, it's always over food. Um, So I just always remember that from a really young age. My mum always cooked everything from scratch, um, which I just... Like I remember her making, and with five kids, she would seriously, she would make like five dozen cupcakes on a weekend. 
<laughs> and like make them all from scratch and make all of the icing herself and then she'd freeze all of these cupcakes which would probably last us like school lunches for probably about two weeks and then we'd just inhale them all but she would just make everything from scratch and my nana would as well so I remember going to visit my nana in Bundy and she would I mean with 11 kids how do you feed 11 I don't understand like honestly she's the most amazing woman but it always just blew my mind um and she was always a brilliant cook as well so she would have always made you know fresh biscuits or cakes or Mm -hmm. my pot was a mad keen fisherman so he'd catch all the fish and so she'd just you know make all of this beautiful fresh fish and oh it was amazing so I've just always been surrounded by food um so it's always just been something that I've loved so much and it's definitely something that for me is a way of celebrating and bringing Mm -hmm. people together um and I love that I really really love that Man, I can't believe all those, all those kids are like little armies. Like, I, as you said, I cannot imagine like every day having to feed all of those mouths. It's it, let alone if you have a big dinner party. And I know when it's a dinner party, it's a little different because you kind of sometimes get a bit more special with things. But it would just be everything would be supersized. Just I can't imagine even imagine the, the bowls of porridge you would be making in the morning. <laughs> exactly. It would be like. A- it would be, I reckon, like a 20-litre soup pot full of porridge and you would just buy cases of potatoes. You would. You'd be like, you just, and you'd buy a whole beast every week. Like, yes. you've just got to buy up, you'd have a cow share. It would, it honestly, I, it blows my mind. I just do not understand how she raised 11 children. Just incredible. Yeah. Amazing. Man. I know. Oh, okay. We've got a few little rapid fires. So. Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m., cup of herbal tea, a hot milk drink or a glass of wine? Wine. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Everyone's so definite about this answer. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Nice. Um, Now, what would you want for free food-wise for a whole year? If there was one food and you didn't have to pay for it and you could have it for free for the entire year, what would that be? You don't have to eat it every day, but obviously it's there for you to enjoy as much as you want. Oh, this is a very good question. Um, I'm going to say either really good quality butter or really Mm. good quality eggs. Yes, they're good answers. Because they are things that we I would seriously use every single day. Um, and good quality ones are expensive. So, yeah, yeah, I would go with really good quality eggs or butter. Yeah, that makes sense to me. This is actually the question I was telling you about before we started. <laughs> and it's an interesting one because your mind can go, well, for, for Damien it was just like, snack Cadbury's chocolate and then he's like oh hang on I think I'd feel sick in a week I need to think about this more logically (laughs) I mean pork crackling would also be an excellent option (laughs) (laughs) just gonna dip into my stash of pork crackling yeah, I just don't think I could eat a year's worth of pork crackling. Yeah, yeah butter, butter yeah. eggs, it's where I'm going. Very much makes sense. Mm. Now, number nine, Wagyu, truffle or lobster? Ooh. 
lobster. I love seafood. I could mm. I could seriously live on seafood quite happily. Yep. Yep. Seems to be the popular answer. Mm. Sweet, savory, bitter or umami. What's your fave? Um, umami. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel you there. Yep. <laughs> Number 11. If until this point you had no dietary restrictions, then you were told you were intolerant to either gluten, dairy or eggs, which would you choose if you had to eliminate one of them? Gluten. Yeah. It's pretty Any easy day. really, isn't it? Yep. It's well, I think it's I easy. Eaten, yeah, I, it's something I probably haven't eaten in any with any sort of regularity for probably 10 years now and I could quite happily say mm. I don't miss it at all. It's, I was saying to someone the other day about this question, it's just I think when you eat a whole food diet, it generally isn't really that gluten heavy anyway. It's probably yeah. more people I speak to that do eat, oh, it's not they still eat healthy, but they tend to maybe not eat as much diversity. Um, that's mm. probably where there's more of that gluten reliance. Yeah, yeah, I would really love to be able to have cheese back in my life, some really good yeah. cheeses a yeah. bit more regularly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a bit yeah. of Russian roulette for me. No, I'd love to be able to <laughs> nail a blue vein cheese without dying. Oh. I really miss that. Oh, with a beautiful quince paste or something. Oh, oh yum. My sister-in-law <laughs> makes this pie and it killed me literally, I swear. <laughs> I ate it years and years ago. And it's a Ben Ben O'Donoghue recipe and it's like a oh, – yeah. so it's basically like a steak and Guinness braise that you start mm. with and then that goes into the base of the pie and then before you put the case of the pie on top, you crumble over heaps of Stilton cheese and then it, put the case of the pie on and then bake it so the cheese just melts into the beef. Oh, my God. Yum. It is amazing but – it basically kills you if you can't eat dairy <laughs> and gluten. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you're going to get gluten from the pie case, the Guinness, yes. and then you're going to get smashed with the dairy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the perfect storm, really. <laughs> oh, good time. Sounds like a good time. Uh, number 12, what's something that your parents cook when you're a child that you didn't like and you still don't like to this day? Or maybe corn conversely beef. something. Yeah, okay. It's a straight of corned beef. <laughs> corned beef. Corned beef and white sauce. Oh, God, that is such a classic parent meal. Oh, hate it. Oh, hate I've forgotten it. about it. Hate it. But I'm happy to, like, give me some leftover corned beef and I'll do, like, corned beef and veggie fritters or something mm. like that. Fine. But corned beef and white sauce. Oh. Just the colour of it. Like, the yeah. whole. Ugh, bleh, yeah, bleh. the white so sauce gross. thing. That was such a thing. And then the mm. white sauce through the veggies. Did you have that? Like you'd have like yeah. greens. And... On the cauliflower and yeah. broccoli. Yeah, yeah. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, parents, but it was kind of vile. Still, I'm still working through that in therapy. <laughs> Number 13, what food combinations do you want to ban? Silver bean white sauce. Oh, that. But also ice cream and chips. You know those people who oh. eat like – their French fries with like ice cream, like soft serve oh, yeah, ice cream. Yeah. No, just no. I mean, pro- just no, no. That's all I've got to say. It's no, that's a no. I wish people could see your face, almost like an angry tick. 
cannot understand. I cannot. <laughs> and 14, what food combination do you want to enforce? Is there something you're just like, you have to try this combo? You know what? Fruit and salad. I love fruit and salad. Whether yeah. it's like mangoes or like strawberries in salad mm. or like a beautiful watermelon salad with like mint and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, fruit and salad. Grapefruit. Love it. Yeah, that's a goodie. And it's something that a lot of people don't do. Like when you do mm. do fruit and salad, you don't think about it being different. But I can definitely tell you from clinic, a lot of people think fruit and salad is weird when you first mention yeah. it. What? That's Apples, crazy pears. talk. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime I post something with like apple or pear or something and tell people like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my God. It's amazing. Guys, I'm just hijacking my own podcast for a moment to let you know that for a short time, I'm offering 10% off my cookbook Eat to JCN Clinic Podcast listeners using the code JCN Podcast. So head to the website, pop in that code when you go through and do your order and you'll receive 10% off. Okay, so now we're going to move on to lifestyle with our last okay. questions. So number 15 is how important is fitness to you? Really important. I think more for my mental health than mm-hmm. anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's it's like that period of time where I get to just do something for myself. Um, and I don't even know that for me, it doesn't even have to be structured fitness. Like I love to go to the gym and have a good workout, mm-hmm. but even just being able to go for a walk outside in the fresh air for half an hour by myself is like a mental health lifesaver mm-hmm. for me. So when I'm feeling super stressed or super overwhelmed, that's all I want to do is just have that time and space to move my body in whatever way feels good so yeah I don't think it necessarily needs to be fitness so even though I think you know being strong and fit and healthy is great for aging um it's more about moving your body in whatever way feels good to you at the time and sometimes that looks like a really hard gym session and sometimes it looks like going for a walk and Mm. yeah just not speaking to people (laughs) do you structure it into your day or do you just kind of go with the flow of when it happens it depends I try and do like three sessions at the gym at least each week Mm -hmm. um and then you know brown needs to go for a walk twice a day so there's there's that it's generally not relaxing when it's with g um (laughs) but yeah look I I, I'm lucky enough that I work from home, so I can take that time if I do feel like I just need to get outside and go for a walk for half an hour. Mm-hmm. I can fit that in where it needs to fit in. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. Now, number 16, long weekend at Gwingana Lifestyle Resort or with girlfriends at the beach. What's your? Oh, Gwingana. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> Screw the girlfriends. <laughs> oh, seriously. I love being by myself. Yeah. Honestly. John and I were talking about my 40th birthday and he was like, do you want to have a party? I was like, no, I don't. He's like, do you want to just like go to Gwingana by yourself? I'm like, oh my God, I would love that. <laughs> yes. Just, I just really love being on my own. Like yeah. I love spending time by myself. Yeah. I can relate to that. I'm exactly yep. the same. I just yep. classic recharge when you're by yourself. Yeah. And I like, I mean, I love being around other people and I love being around my family. But for me, that relaxing is mm. not a weekend at the beach with the girls. I would find incredibly 
overwhelming and exhausting. Yeah. It would not be that would not be a recharge for me. Yeah. I would come back from that and need a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number 17, would you rather get up early or stay up late? Oh, get up early every day of the week. Yeah. If it gets past 8:30 and I'm awake, I start getting very stressed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 18, would you rather not brush your teeth for a week or not shower for a week? Oh, not shower for a week. Yeah. Absolutely. I need to brush my teeth. I hate that feeling of fuzzy teeth. I know. The worst. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, uh, it's amazing how something like as far as like literally, yeah, your mouth being clean just tends to override anyone, not everyone, but most people's desire to have their body clean. It's just like, not nah, mouth. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 19, what is most possibly the most annoying thing ever? Oh, um, I don't know if this is the most annoying thing ever, but grind, people grinding their teeth in their sleep um. really grinds my goat and G does it and like needs to basically sleep on top of you if you have to sleep in her bed and grinds her teeth Ooh. in your ear. Oh, I hate it. I hate <laughs> that noise. It's the worst. <laughs> oh. It, it is pretty like horrific sound. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible noise. Yuck. Number 20, our last question. If you could write a new law that everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? It would be that school tuck shops are only allowed to serve whole foods. No preservatives, no artificial colours, no artificial flavours. That is the law. Make that the law. Can we make that the law, please? Let's do it. I have that power. School tuck shops, (laughs) fucking bullshit. Oh, my God. Could you imagine the difference? Like... Could you imagine the difference in these kids' behaviours yep. for their teachers? Yeah. Can you imagine how much easier it would be for them to learn if they weren't jacked up on sugar and processed mm-hmm. carbohydrates all day? Mm-hmm. All of these behavioural problems and your kid can't concentrate at school and I think your kid has ADHD. Yeah. Uh, no, your kid's off his face on the bullshit he ate from the yep. tuck shop at lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, does my head in. You know what does my head in? At G school, they have Zupa Dupas, which are like funny faces. Like when we had, I don't know, at school we had funny faces, which are like those icy pole, like a oh, like the long, plastic sleeve. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you now. Yeah, yep. plastic sleeve ice block. And seriously, they're like fluorescent red and blue yep. and purple. And the ingredients in those things are fucking hectic. Like mm. they've been banned in different parts of Europe, the ingredients really? that are in those. Yes, because they have got scientific evidence showing the issues that they have on kids' cognitive function, behaviour, like all of this stuff. And so at G school, anytime the kids get student of the week or it's someone's birthday or, I don't know, someone put their shoes on the right feet, everyone gets a zooper duper. Whoa. Firstly... Did you think you might want to ask the kids' parents before you go giving every kid one of these fluorescent, <sighs> highly toxic lollies? And secondly, they're not dogs. Don't reward them with food. Like, <laughs> yeah. it just does my head in. And when I brought it up with the school, they're like, well, 
you know, that's just what we've decided to have at the school and, you know, basically just because you don't like it type shit. I was like, um. Oh, no, I don't okay. know about that. Do you not? Do do you not think that the teachers would really appreciate their kids not being jacked up on this while they've yeah. got to deal with them for the rest of the day? Like it just, you know, and I said, you know, here's some alternatives mm. that could be worth looking into. And they basically just said, well, that's not um, going to make, but basically that's not an ep- economical option for the I top shop. I thought that you'd get that back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's, you know, and the super duper what cost us like five cents a zoopa and they sell it for a dollar. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I said, oh, okay, I find it really, really interesting that making 80 cents is more important to you mm. than the health of the children at your school. But, I mean, that's fine. If that's your prerogative, that's cool. But, you know, noted. Yeah. Noted. <laughs> Thanks for your time. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm that mum. <laughs> oh, let alone the whole reward system with food, which is just like a whole nother kind of, you know, kettle of fish, isn't it? Which I yeah. see the not I wouldn't say the end consequences. It's not like people are at the end of the end of their life when they get to me, but you know, I really do see those consequences play out. Um as far as those relationships really with food. Totally. Yeah. 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 And and I think and I mean, like, look at G. They bloody love a sticker chart. The kids love stickers, yeah. or you know, and they do do that now at school. Like they've got like a little prize box, and they've got you know erasers and fun coloured pencils and stuff like that that they can choose yeah. out of the prize box if they, you know, get to the end of their sticker chart. Um, so you know, that's a, a million percent better than mm-hmm. giving them food. But oh yeah, yeah, still not great. Yeah. I am with you, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that is it. Do you want to let our listeners know a little bit more about where they can find you? Particularly, you've mentioned a lot of um, your passion from a food point of view, and I know you've got some pretty cool resources out there. So if you can just let people know before we finish up, that would be swell. Thanks. Um, Just it's on My Food Religion on Facebook and Instagram and my website, my website, (laughs) my website is just myfoodreligion.com. And I just share lots of recipes on there. On Instagram is mainly where I'm most active. Um, G and I do lots of cooking videos. Um, And, yeah, it's, it's hopefully a really great resource for people just to show them that you can make really healthy, nutrient dense food with minimal fucking about mm-hmm. it doesn't have to take a really long time it doesn't have to be super hard and hopefully just gives people some really easy tips and tricks of things that they can try you know mm-hmm. like if they've got a kid that will only eat rice um or white foods that's cool can we try cooking your rice in some broth so mm-hmm. we can just add some nutrition in there just yeah. a little bit you know just little things like that that hopefully you know, over time can make a, a big difference to the, the nutrients that these kids are getting in. Yeah. No, you share so much great stuff. I love your um uh, little sections. I don't know how often you do them, but every now and then I catch them where you ask people to share what they've got in their fridge or pantry <laughs> yeah. and then you give, like, feedback on what they can make. I'm like, that's such a good idea. It's like ready, steady, cook on steroids. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's it. That's the, what the highlight's called. I've saved some of it my highlights and it's called ready, steady, oh, cook. Oh, is it? Okay. Yep. 
Yeah, and it's basically just tell me what's in your fridge and I'll tell you what I do with it. Um, and it's good. I think it just gives people some inspiration because none of it's going to be super complicated. Like I'm not sous vieing anything or, <laughs> you, said you know. That. Get I'm out not, the sous vide machine. Yeah, grab your sous vide machine, find some gold-plated unicorn tears <laughs> yes. and uh, no, just, you know, make it really easy. Um <laughs> And often it's some really random shit. Like people have some really random shit in their fridge. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. Um, That's okay. Really great chatting to you. So, um, yeah, I'll pop some more details for everyone in the show notes. But otherwise, yeah, thanks, Shannon. I'll chat to you hopefully another time on the potty. Thanks, Jess. Bye. Bye. Wait, thank you. That's okay.